It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you're dead. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 at the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football giants. John Schmelk, Paul Dettino with you, taking your calls at 201-939-4513. We just came out from the cold on the patio, heard from Brian Dable, excuse me. Not a whole lot, Paul, in terms of news. Uh, The only thing I'd say that was significant is that no Evan Neal, no Dexter Lawrence at practice today. There will not be an official injury report until tomorrow when the Giants are off. So it's one of those... If we had practice, this is what the injury report would look like. Uh, he did say, doesn't sound like Evan Neal is going to be good to go this week, based on what Brian Dable has said. Right. Uh, doesn't sound like Darren Waller is going to be back this week either. So right. Dexter Lawrence, he said he is hopeful that he could be back on the practice field on Friday. Right. I'm not sure where that ranks on the Dable nomenclature likely to play scale, but I'd say it's probably somewhere in around the 50-50 area. Yeah, you know, we did get a chance to see him in the locker room yesterday uh, after guys came in from practice, and he was dressed, and he, and he was walking around well. Yeah, it's a hamstring, though. I mean, you, you, know, know, you aren't going to limp from a hamstring. No, well, even I remember you said to me uh, at one point yesterday, you said, well, did you see him sprint? And I laughed. <laughs> and you said, well, sprint for him, or whatever that means for Dexter Lawrence. I believe, I, I believe Michael was, run as fast as he can. Yes, yes, I, believe yes, was I think that's quote. what you said. <laughs> and, and so you're right. It's very, very difficult to gauge that on the basis of his physical stature, but at least he wasn't limping around and did not look like he was in pain. So I think maybe there's a little more optimism there, but we will see. We did hear from Tyrod Taylor in the locker room yesterday. Um, Obviously disappointed in the fact that he's not starting. Sure. Uh, Seemed down about it. You know, probably not thrilled about it either based on the way, you know, he was talking. And Brian Dable said today, look, I would expect him to be disappointed and not happy about it. But he's handled it well. He was good at practice yesterday, according to Brian Dable. Uh, I talked about this with Sean O'Hara on uh, Giant Tuttle Podcast. Go check that out, folks. The news broke in the middle of the show. So it's a fun little fact (laughs) if you go check out that episode on the Giant Tuttle Podcast. Uh, Your thoughts, Paul, on uh, the decision to go with DeVito over Taylor. Monday night against the Packers. Well, we we talked a lot about this last week, and I think that Tommy DeVito, as the coach said, had earned an opportunity for a longer look. Now, I think the thing that Tyrod told us yesterday that we did not know is that he had four injured ribs, including two displaced ribs. Two fra- four fractured. Right. Two, dis- two of which were displaced. Right. Which sounds extremely unpleasant. Uh, it, you think? Yes. Uh, so, and Andy said that the doctors had originally told him that it would be a six-week injury, which we're right on the cusp of that now. It will be six calendar weeks hurt. as of Sunday. That is correct. Right. So, when he was then asked, well, are you ready to play? He said, well, you'd never know if you're ready until you actually go out there and play. But he says he feels pretty good. And take a hit, obviously. And he did yeah. go out and practice, but that's not where you get hit. Right. I said to John yesterday after we were done in the locker room, boy, that sounds like that's right on the border of him healing. Uh, Giants quarterbacks have a habit of getting hit this season. I, I personally believe, you know, that I would actually fear for him. And I appreciate if the doctors say he's healthy and he's capable of going. Now, he's been cleared for practice. They have not said that he will be the backup on Sunday yet, although I suspect that's what's going to happen. Well, given the other 
quarterback on the roster situation, which there isn't one. I right think, now, no. <laughs> I think he's probably going to be the backup. Unless now, they coach, bring somebody coach back. did tell us yesterday that Matt Barkley was supposed to come back. Yeah, but is that on the roster or the practice squad? Well, they want to bring him back. I thought he was inferring it would be practice squad, but he never actually said that. I mean, they could elevate him, too. They could. He has elevation. He could go practice squad and then get bumped up on Sunday. Right. But here's what surprised me. We're out here this morning. To my knowledge, Matt Barkley's not here. Uh, We have not had that announcement yet that he's returned. Right. Right. So that says to me more and more that Taylor will be yeah, I know. the active number two on Sunday. I would expect that. As of That'd yesterday, I wasn't so sure. Right. And to be frank, after hearing that the two displaced ribs were in a very dangerous spot, according to what Tyrod Taylor told us, and that's why they made him wait so long. And for fans that don't know, what that means is that if you break or separate those, you know, fracture or break those ribs, and they it's get displaced again, you can puncture an organ of yeah. some kind, and that's when you get into real Dangerous territory. Yes, as in huge red flag. Yeah. Punctured, collapsed lungs, you know, punctured pancreases, livers, Liver, things kidney, like that. Who yeah. knows whatever exactly. else. Internal organs are not something you want to mess with, folks. No. So, uh, aside from everything we discussed, after listening to Tyrod Taylor yesterday, honestly, if he were to play on Sunday, I personally would be very wary about his ability to get through the game. Yeah, and I'll throw two other things out there, too. I think... Once you go back to Tyrod Taylor, I think it's hard to make that move them back to Tommy DeVito again. It would be. And I think if Tommy is in there and he doesn't necessarily, if he comes out, has a really rough half or a really rough game, you could easily slide Tyrod Taylor back in there if you have to. And no one's going to blink an eye at that no. given his experience and what he's done. No. And then, and I think, you know, this is a question Brian Dable was asked again today too, and Joe Shane referenced this last week, Tyrod Taylor's not under contract for this year. So you want Next to year. Next year, that's what I meant, I'm sorry. Yeah. So you want to see more of Tommy DeVito, see if he can be your backup next year to see if you have to invest more in that position once you get to the offseason. I so, think we would all agree that Tommy DeVito's body of work to this point is too small of a sample size to make that judgment, which is one of the primary reasons you have to consider when giving him more snaps. He's had one, really, he's had one good game. He's had one good game against Washington. Washington, yes. You know? And, and that's not enough of a sample size to make a off-season decision, Correct. which is of significance. Yeah, back up, as we've seen in the NFL this year, with the bajillion quarterback injuries we've had around the league, is that a backup quarterback is important. Now, there was one thing that Dable was asked at the end of the presser today, John. You were still out there for yeah, that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Mm-hmm. When um, uh, one of the writers actually asked him about what do you do in terms of your snaps with your backup at practice, given that so many backups are playing this year? I thought that was actually a very good question because, as we all know, starting quarterbacks are going down like flies, okay? And and Coach said, and I understand his situation here, he's got Tommy DeVito who needs every rep he can get in practice and in a game. You're not going to take snaps away from Tommy. You have to get him ready. So he needs all the regular snaps, and the backup is going to have to take the scout team. That's just the way it is here. But it's a valid question moving forward in this league because quarterbacks have a very hard time staying on the field. I think there are so many limited reps in practice now, it's going to be very tough for coaches not to give your starter every possible rep. It will, depending on the starter. Who is he? How much experience has he had? How comfortable is he with the system? And also who the backup is. And Absolutely. I think I think it really can depend on the individual situation. Like if the Giants end up swapping back at some point, right, and Tyrod ends up starting, I could see them wanting to get DeVito some Absolutely. practice snaps during the week. The problem, here's the problem that I don't think people understand. Like, 
how many snaps does the first team quarterback take on one practice day? Twenty. Yeah, it might not be a whole lot more than that. Twenty-five. I know. Most thirty. I know. I mean, I think that's a lot. So I think it's probably closer to twenty to twenty-five. So how many do you give up? Do you give them twenty-five percent of the snaps? Twenty percent of the snaps? Then your starting quarterback's taking. 12 to 15 snaps in practice well, a day for, to get for, ready for, for a example, game? For example, when Eli I mean, was here. That's not great either. When, when Eli was here. I mean, to give the backup quarterback five snaps with the first team was not something that would be ridiculous because Eli knew everything like the back of his head. Well, hand. right. Because he was in the same system for so right. long and all that. Exactly. Yeah, so the right. situation really dictates it for me, I think. Yeah, but you want the quarterback that's going to start. And remember, these, these are not like, oh, we're going to practice our basic plays. No, these are... You're practicing plays specifically Correct. game plan for that opponent. That is true. So do you really want your starting quarterback to go into a game not having practiced some of those plays game plan for the opponent by giving those snaps to the backup? Well, you probably ha- not, right? Well, you, you have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday practices and then a walkthrough on Saturday. What I would probably do if it were me is give my backup, again, given the situation that we're talking about, he gets five snaps of these plays on Wednesday. Then on Thursday, it's five different plays so that my starter does get the opportunity to do all the plays in the play. Remember, though, you're practicing different plays different days. Some days you're doing first and second down. Some days you're doing third down. Then you're doing red zone. So you might not get the starter to run every play if you're going to give five snaps to the backup. It would depend on where the overlaps are. Now, you're right. They Mm -hmm. do concentrate on red zone or or short red zone or third down on different days. That's absolutely correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. Absolutely correct. But there will be some generic overlap in some of the plays over the course of the week. I would try to make sure that I spec it out that way. My only point is I think it's a lot more difficult than people think it is. Oh, I I, I agree. I think it takes a lot of planning. But I think the comment was made by the by the questioner was it nine is it nine backups he said according this week, well, I think. that yeah. was his comment it nine might be, start it might, and it might be more than I think ten ten different rookies have started games it's this year. you know crazy. this this league has had an epidemic of of quarterback injuries and and by the folks, way it, it's not going to get better and it's all been injuries most of them have been in the pocket too it hasn't been guys running around it's been guys getting hit in the pocket I mean defensive players are big fast. Strong and they hit. And there's a million rules. It's not like you put more rules in no. to protect the quarterback. Well, just... Oh, guess what? Red jersey. Can't touch him. You're playing, How do you want to do that? You're playing a contact <laughs> sport and injuries are going to happen. There's, there's nothing you can do about it. You'll truly have video game football if you say the quarterbacks can't be hit. <laughs> really? Yeah, Seriously. I mean, you'll be playing flag. Yeah. You're playing flag. Exactly. That's basically what you're going to be so, doing. So. so that's not going to stop. That's not going to stop. And, and all the more reason... Very, very simply put, I'm going to say this very quickly, all the more reason investing a ridiculous percentage of your salary cap on your starting quarterback is a very dangerous and risky proposition. The problem is... You can't win Super Bowls without doing it. It's, it well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a free market, and you can't prevent the team from doing that to itself. You just can't. Well, and that's how you win Super Bowls. You just hope that the guy stays healthy. Well, yeah, but that's how you win Super Bowls. Who are the teams that win Super Bowls? The guy with really awesome big money quarterbacks. Uh, I, I, I understand. I understand. It's kind except, of a factor in these except decisions. Except the Patriots. Tom Brady made plenty of money, Pearson. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So that's just kind of how it goes. 201-939-4513. Get online. We'll take some of your calls um, in just a second. Also, I told you, I promised I'd get to your uh, emails today uh, at uh, Big Blue Kickoff at uh, gmail.com. We'll get to those. I got to bring that up. I did not look at those today. I forgot about that, but I'll bring it up now. But the other thing I want to do today, and we did a little bit with Lance on Monday with this. I did a little bit with O'Hara yesterday. You know, 
we had Joe Shane talk yesterday. I give kind of his kind of you know state of the Giants type of report last week in terms of yeah on last Monday. Sorry, yep. Um, in terms of where the Giants are moving forward, and I was thinking about this during the bye week a little bit, and while I was you know getting over my pneumonia when I didn't do a show for like a week and a half, and I'm at the point now, and I'm sure you'll fight me on this because of your old school philosophy, but I'm at the point now the Giants will have a you know not an ridiculous amount of cap space in the offseason, but they will have a significant amount in order to, to make at least one big move if you want to, right? Sure. You're going to have a first-round pick. You have two second-round picks. You have a third-round pick. Yep. I'm going to have to put all might be a little bit strong, but my focus here is the offense. And even if I have a hole or two on defense, I'm going to live with that. I cannot go through another season where your offense looks like this. I can't. It's been mm-hmm. too many years. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter who your quarterback is, whether it's Daniel, if he's not healthy yet, you draft somebody, whoever. Whomever the quarterback is, you cannot put them in these situations against the better defensive teams with good pass rushes where they do not have a chance to succeed. Now, you can survive against a team like Washington, who's not very good. You can survive against a team like Arizona, that's not very good. But against these teams that have really good pass rushes, you put these quarterbacks in a position where they can't function. Or if you do protect well enough, against really good secondaries, your receivers are having trouble getting open. Mm-hmm. So I am taking the majority of my resources this offseason. I'm investing them in the offense, whether it's receivers, players on the offensive line. As a generic statement, that's where my focus has to be this offseason because you cannot win football games when your offensive output is 20 points and below, and if the other team gets to 27, your chances of winning is like 10%. You can't have that in the way the modern NFL works. So that's how I view this offseason, and I printed out some of the free agent lists and stuff like that. There are plenty Mm -hmm. of wide receivers. There are plenty of guards out there if you want to go out there and sign. It's a really good offensive tackle draft. You could have five or six offensive tackles go in the first round of this NFL draft. It's that good of an offensive tackle class. And again, we can have the Evan Neal conversation then too. So that's the way I'm kind of viewing what the next step in this process is for the Giants as they try to continue to improve and become a better football team? I think the first part of the question is a little bit easier to answer than the second part, and that is... I didn't realize I asked a two-part question. Well, go ahead. It, there really are two parts okay, to well, go what, ahead. No, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah please, go ahead. There, there's the free agency component, right. which is going to require actual bucks, and, and then there's the draft component, which... We truly don't even know where they're going to pick. Which is going to be dependent on who's available. I could tell you it is a good offensive line class and it's a good receiver class. If you want to pick one of those guys, you'll be able to pick one of those guys. Now, I would be more inclined, as I I look at over the cap, and I'm going to use their number here because, quite frankly, as we always discuss, you can maneuver the cap and, and there are things that you can do with it. I don't want to give you this as a hard number. Over the cap is suggesting the Giants will have over $47 million of cap space in 2024. Mm-hmm. That's what their chart is indicating. Yep. Okay? That's not going to be a real number. We both know that. Saquon Barkley, as long as he stays healthy the rest of this season and plays as well as he has so far, I firmly believe I, let's that just, he will be re-signed. Well, let's just assume it's the tag number. I think that's a good basic number. We Which will be use. a little over 13. Right. So that gets knocked down then to 34. Right, right. So I'm thinking maybe that'll be the number they have. Okay. If you're talking about signing one premier player is what you said? Sure. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to sign one premier player. And, and, and look, I think it's very hard to sign more than one top-of-the-market player for any team in any offseason period. So, Okay. So one, one top-of-the-market player is going to cost you at least 15 mil. 
a year. Mm-hmm. Not if it's a guard. Okay, I'll buy that. If it's a good, well, that's the thing. Is it, it depends on the position, right? If you're looking, I don't think you can go spend big money on a tackle. I don't think you're going to do that. No, because the tackle is going to be overpriced. Yes, I think you can consider drafting one, but I don't think you spend big money in free agency on you, one. Because you to your can't. point, they get really expensive, right? I'm Overly you. expensive. So this is the problem now, right? Depending on the position, if you're looking at a top line guard, you're looking probably in that $12 million range. If you're looking at a top of the line yeah, wide Yeah, you're getting rec- close to 15. But, but if you're looking at a top line wide receiver, you're looking well, at 25 to 30. Yeah, that's very painful. That's very painful. I I would actually want to spend the bulk of my money, and I'm thinking I might even go between 15 and 20 to get a bona fide pass rusher. Doesn't ah, have see, to, I totally disagree. Doesn't have to doesn't have to be a top guy. So, wait, so but wait, he's got to be a really so good So where are you getting your wide receiver and your and your offensive lineman? Like what you just said. The draft. Oh, it's hard to rely on rookies, man. I know. I know. But I have big ups on 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 Jalen Hyatt. I'm really he's he's done so much for me this year. I I said to somebody on a, a Yeah, but pod, he but he's he's not a number one though. I did a I did an interview the other day and I said to the guy, I'm I'm not doubting Jalen Hyatt anymore. I doubted him coming out of the draft because I thought he would be a little too slender and wouldn't be able to hold up. I didn't think he'd be able to deal with some of the physicality of the corners in this league. And he really hasn't dealt with much press he, coverage. But. He, he has shown me enough to believe with the weight and muscle that he gained and with the ability to um, get downfield and, and twist his body to make plays, I no longer believe that Hyatt is an if. I think it's a when he breaks out and becomes a premier starter in this league. What? Well, but that, but do you think he's going to be number one? I think he's a starter. He can be a two and still be a starter. Right, but where's your number one coming from? Well, again, I, I don't know. Do you, uh, do you have to have a one if you believe that Waller's a 1,000-yard receiver next year? As a tight end, I think that's so you have to difficult to rely on. It is difficult because of his injury. See, I'm, I'm not interested in having this if and question next year anymore. I'm okay. done with that. Well, here, I'm, here, I'm done, here's done, the I'm, problem. I'm done with having those questions asked. I'm, no, I'm, yeah. I'm tired. I, of it. I get I'm done it. With it. I get it. I get it. The problem is in this league, you have to you have to deal with those because there, no, you there, can spend there, money and pay. There, 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 there is a cap situation, and there's only so much you can do to rid yourself of guys who haven't produced, guys who haven't been reliable, and then guys that you have to count on. There's there, there's well, so much there, there's so in... much there's so much penalty involved. Look, well, Waller's well, well, that's what I'm talking about one guy. I'm well, not here's the thing with Waller. Guys, like you know? here's the thing with Waller. You have to count on him because of his his contract situation. He's here next year. No, he's here next year. I he's here next that. year. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So you have to count on him because he's going to be a significant part of your salary cap percentage. You have to count on him. Yeah, but you so that doesn't, that doesn't that, that, say, well, you count on him being on the roster. It doesn't mean you assume he's going to give you number one receiver production. Yeah, but here's the problem. If you don't, you're almost better off biting the bullet and then saying, you know what, no matter what the penalty is, no matter what the dead money is, we're going to get rid of the guy because we don't think he can play more than yeah, five games. I'm not, sure he's, I'm not sure that saves you any money. Well, I, I, haven't, I haven't gone through his contract. 
I don't know. I I, th- it, I think the cap savings. See. I think the cap savings on that are minimal. You Let can me, double check it, but I'm pretty sure the cap I, savings on that. I, are I don't minimal. know. I haven't gone that far. And you, wide you're receiver, a, you're going a hell of a lot deeper no, on this than I expected I to I go. Know. That's okay. And, and wide receiver, Paul, I'm, I'm going to give you some names. I'm still thinking about this week's Green Bay game. <laughs> and we're getting, Paul, I know, but we have we have four, we literally have three more shows after. <laughs> yes, I know we do to do the Green Bay game. I know, which is do. why I wanted to do a little bit of All this right. today. All right, his cap number next year, dead money is seven. And the savings is seven. So to be honest with you, if you really don't think that he's going to give you at least two-thirds of the season next year at a at a high production, you could bite that. Okay, you could if you had You to could. Score. You, you could. But if you're going to keep him, then you're keeping him because you think he can be a thousand yard tight end again. That's see, why you keep him. See, I think there are I don't I don't think it's one or the other, in my opinion. You're okay keeping him at his Fourteen and a half million cap number next year for a guy who might only play ten games. You okay with that? Well, whether or not you believe it or not, he might only play ten games. Those are the facts. How many games? Is he well, no, that's, the last that's, that's years? a hypothetical. It's a hypothetical. Well, we don't no, know. Well, no, well, we but, don't know. No, but it's, it's a chance. Of course, and, of course and based everything's on the last, a chance. But based on the last three years, it's more likely than not. No, <sighs> it could be. It could be. And again, I hope it's not. I hope he plays 17 games, but I don't think you can go in and expect a guy that hasn't played know. You know, more than 10 games in three seasons. To I look at him and that. I say, Darren, I need 15 games out of you and I need 1,000 yards. That's well, what I want. Well, that, Now, that's can great. I get it? I want that I don't too. Know. But I know. I, 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 can I guarantee you I'm getting that? I can't. I mean, you're playing the odds at that point. I, I know. Wouldn't you like to have Darren Waller, Jalen Hyatt, and another really good wide receiver? Wouldn't that be nice? I'd love yeah, that. Yeah. But as, as, so as, why not? Well, again, as I've always been taught, uh, you don't have to draft all pro wide receivers in the first round. You don't. No, I understand that. There are too that. many of them that, that come in later rounds. No, I understand, but to expect peak production in year one from a rookie mm-hmm. that's a second-round pick is asking a lot. You know, the, the kid on the Rams is doing all right. Yeah, I know. You're giving me one name. I can give no, you names I, of eight I know, other guys I know. that have I know. Well, you're asking me to give you hypotheticals, and I'm playing hypothetical with you. That's the problem with hypotheticals. There's always an answer. No, it's not a hypothetical. It's about how you want to prioritize your roster building. Well, I think I I look at this team, and I agree with you that the offense, obviously, come on. I, it'd be, I'd be absolutely insane to tell you that the offense doesn't have to get better. Absolutely. I can't disagree with that of course. at all. And this, way, and this conversation with the receivers and the offensive line have been this conversation for five years. No question. I also look at 21 sacks for the Giants this year. Unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. In a league that prioritizes pass rush to short-circuit the other team's ability to do things. Unacceptable. Aziz Ojolari has not stayed on the field nearly enough. And this year, when he's been on the field, he hasn't been nearly as productive enough. I'm not telling you it's not a need. I'm not telling you I th- to, For me, it's my priority. You ask me, oh, I'm no. telling you. Oh, no, I, I, I would rather have a bona fide stud pass rusher to pair with Thibodeau than I would to go and prioritize the wide receiver. Are you willing to pay for that? Or do you want to draft it? Well, like I said, I haven't done draft work. No, no, so no. I don't know. No, but I'm just asking, would you rather draft an edge rusher if, or would you rather pay one that you know is going to give you top production do you, anyway? You, do you have the list of uh, yeah, sure. edge rushers who are who are Enjoy. sweet? Yes. Let's see here. I come prepared. Oh! Oh! Now keep in mind, a lot of those guys are probably going to get franchised. That's the problem. <laughs> Who's going to be left? Who's going to be left after after they franchise these Read guys? Read the names. Read the names. 
Well, Josh Allen's at the top of the list, and my God, I would have no problem paying him if I had to. Yeah, I don't think Jacksonville's letting him walk away. Uh, okay. Probably not. Brian Burns is not going to walk away. Yeah, the Panthers were offered two first-round picks from last year, now, and he said no. Hunter from the Vikings could. He's a little older, though. He is a little older. He might be available. And with Andre Patterson here, you know what? You could probably get him a little cheaper, too, because he is older. He might be a little less money. That would, that would be a free agent that I would very much consider. And then it starts getting weaker for me. Chase Young, he's got durability issues, which would scare me if I had to play a pre- premium for him, which is what he's going to want. Mm-hmm. Bryce Huff for the Jets, I'm not sure. I know what he's done this year, but I'm not sure if I totally wholeheartedly believe that he's not a product of his system than, than, than he is a, a player. He probably wouldn't be as expensive as the other guys we talked probably about. Probably not. Zadarius Smith's still a good player. But what he's a little older, too. I like Josh Uche, actually, as a situational pass rusher from New England. I think yeah, he's pretty good. He's, he's is good. Leonard Williams a free agent? Yes. Yep. He's an inside guy. We were listening to yep. edge guys. Gotcha, gotcha. We're listening inside to guys, edge. though, Pearson, actually have some, to your point, Chris Jones is a free agent. We'll see if the Chiefs figure out a way to bring him back. He's phenomenal. <laughs> oh, you think so? <laughs> Christian Wilkins is a free agent. Justin Matabike is a free agent. You actually have some good inside guys, too. Because remember, you have Dexter in there now and some young guys, so that's an option you can, you can go to. I guess my point, Paul, I don't disagree with you. I agree. Edge is a need. Corner's going to be a need, too, by the way, with the Dory Jackson walking away. You might need an outside cornerback as well. They're really high on Hawkins. Well, that, if they're that high, then he should play more. Well, what are you, you going to bench? You going to bench a Dory Jackson for Hawkins right well, now? Dory Jackson was out for three games, and they played Nick McLeod over him. No, I understand that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so what you're saying is when Dory went out, they should have just put Hawkins right in If there. they think Hawkins is really Hawkins. good, why was he put Because he's not Nick- ready. All right. Well, again, I'm not, I can't depend on that. That's the problem when you're putting together an NFL team, though. And actually, in any in any sport, even the Yankees right now in baseball, it's the same situation. What can you depend on? What can you depend on? And what do you have I to play? What but if? It's, but it's not like we haven't seen the guy play. He played and he lost the job. Let Let's put it this way: from talking to the coaches. They truly believe that Hawkins has starting ability in this league. No, he they're, has, they're very high on he him. He has the talent for it. But they sure. also believe that right now he is too green to be thrown into that spot, which is why they didn't throw him out there right away when Adore got hurt. Is because they think at this moment well, he's in, too green and he's got some growing up to do. In fairness, they threw him in there in week one. At the beginning, they didn't right. have much choice. I mean, they could have played Nick McLeod. They could have, but Nick was coming off a full training camp of injury. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. That, that's why the hypotheticals. Look, I, 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 I know I, you had said to me this morning you kind of wanted to do this. I didn't know how deep you wanted to go. And the problem with these hypothetical situations is there's always right. an answer or an outline. My, my larger point is that I'm willing to overcompensate on the offensive side of the ball and then fix the defense later because you can't go through this again on offense. It just There's too many questions I that come that. up with the quarterback and everything else. If you walk out of next season again and you're averaging 18 points a game, oh my. it's going to be a oh, – the, the amount of issues that causes with building your team when you have an offensive-minded head coach, it is a huge problem. Oh, it is. I, again, I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. The, the problem is huge. We went into this in August. But my point is that it hurts your organization and your building process more. By having a really poor offense versus having a very poor defense. Well, sure, because it's boring football. It's bad football. It's not entertaining football. Well, and, it, and, it, it, and it enrages the fan base. And it impacts the most important position on your roster your that you build your team around, which is your quarterback. I don't disagree with anything you've just said. But for me, 
for me, as I look at this team in this state of affairs, in this situation with their business, their their cap money, where it's spread out, who's who's available on the team, blah, 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 blah. I'm saying to myself, I can't go into next season with Thibodeau as the only legit pass rusher on this team. No, I, I can't I can't fair. do that. I agree with I that. I can't. I would They got twenty one sacks, John. And what what do I tell you every year? The I goal is to that. get between forty and forty five. They I agree got twenty one. I agree with that. That's horrible. But if I have the choice between the elite receiver or the elite pass rusher, I'm gonna sign the elite receiver. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's okay. You would sign the elite pass rusher. I or I, draft the elite pass rusher. I, I, I look, I would try to find a way to get another really good receiver in here. My my point is But that if I had to if I could only get one elite player, yes. I'd rather have the pass rusher. Okay. This will be a fun because we remember because remember now this will be a fun offseason debate. I look the, forward. To well, it. the core the core four, the core four has always been left tackle, cover corner, pass rusher. Yeah, remember you have and quarterback and Dexter Lawrence though. You do have two guys uh, up front that you believe in. Oh God, I, I I look. We all know Dexter has a very strong case as being the best player on this team this year. He's got a very strong He's case. A top to make ten that. defensive player of the year in the without league question, candidate. without question. But, but, again, he is an interior lineman, and I think it's unrealistic to think that he's going to improve the team's overall sack totals and pressure totals. Uh, pressure totals for sure. Over what he is. I mean, pressure totals, he's top six in the league. Pressure total, yeah, but he's not going to get much better than what he is. He is what he is. He's in his prime now. Right, I understand, this, of course. He's, yeah, I know. Dexter Lawrence well, is playing at the highest level he can. He's not going to get better. Oh, I don't expect him to get better. I mean, my goodness. Well, and... But that's the whole point. The pass rush needs to get significantly better, and he's already maxed out. So where else? Where's he going to get it from? No, I hear what you're saying. You got to get another guy. He's maxed. That's why. I, that's why I feel like that. No, I but totally I don't disagree with from. your desire to get what you want to get. I understand that totally. Well, but to, that's but, why this team is where right. it is right now. And to your point, when you first started answering my question, I think this is a good way to wrap up the conversation, right? You only have so many resources. Yes. And you have to choose what you prioritize, which is why I wanted to have the conversation because I knew we were going to disagree. We didn't even did. Have, we didn't have this. Of course. You think you're drinking pick a wide receiver over a pass rusher? There's no way. How I'm long have I that. known you? I've known you for 20 years. Well, there you go. I know what you're going to choose. That's why I wanted to do this so I could yell at you about oh, it. Oh, there fun. you go. <laughs> the, the core four rule does not have a wide receiver on it, it just doesn't. I think, I think, in the, I think it does now. I think in, in the video game era of I the think NFL. A, you mean you, the, the actual modern era of the NFL, the game we're playing right now. The video game era. <laughs> but it's reality. That's the thing, Paul. It's reality. I get it. Look at the Chiefs. How much different do they look without Tyreek Hill? Oh, I know. No question. No question. And look at the Dolphins. How much better are they Right. Co- correct. Correct. You know? I mean, it makes all... I mean. Here's could, the thing, could though. the Bengals have done what they've done on Monday night without their elite group of wide receivers helping Jake Brown? No, no. But then we could also go back to the days when Beckham was a giant and he was an all-universe wide receiver. And outside of that one 2016 playoff season where they invested heavily in defense, the Giants did nothing. Well, I, well, I wanted to invest in offensive line, too. I wanted to invest in both of those, not just one. That's true. I wanted to do both. But they... they I wanted to do both. But, but here's the problem. Yes. We just discussed this before. You mm-hmm. can't do both. You don't uh, have you don't have enough right now to do both. Not not just in free agency, but if you if you make if you use a first round pick on one and you use your big money free agency signing on the other, I would say that's investing in both. 
Well, you also said to me that you can't expect a rookie wide receiver to come on uh, and be a blast. A, a, a day two one. Oh, a day two one. Okay. I think if you're picking a wide receiver in the top ten, you know, I think you should. If that if you're picking a wide receiver in the top ten, he damn well better help you in year one. I'd say top twenty. Yeah, top, yeah, top twenty, top fifteen. Yeah, I think that's fair, like, Pearson. Deontay, or sorry, yeah, Smith and the Eagles and Waddle. Yeah, you better better be. Hey, Jordan Addison last year, right? Yeah, For sure, Zay right? Flowers. Yeah, Zay Flowers too. Yeah. You know, because we all know if you miss, oh, man. No, it kills you. On both sides. The, draw, no, the draft or free agency, yeah, it kills you. There's no room. Sure. That, that's the way the league is set up, that if you miss, the punishment is severe. Which is why you have to be very careful in how you allocate your No resources. doubt. And it's a huge headache, which is why I'd never want to be a general manager. Awesome. All right, 201-93. Okay. This, this was fun. <laughs> okay. Did you enjoy this? It got my dander up. Good. That's what I like to hear. The oregano is flying, folks. That's what I like to hear. 201 939. The good news is we really don't totally disagree. 201 939 4513. No, it's good. This is why this is is good podcasting. Join us on Sunday, December 17th at Tommy's Tavern in Clifton, New Jersey to watch the Giants take on New Orleans. Enjoy Modelo drink specials, meet a Giants legend, enter a raffle to win game tickets and more. Visit giants.com slash bar network to learn more. Tommy's a great place, by the way. Go check it out. Food's excellent. We do eat there often. So make sure you go check that out and go check out the Giants Huddle podcast while you're at it. That's presented by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. Uh, the most recent one that up is the Papa's Perspective, uh, which is also brought to you by Bob's Discount Furniture. Uh, that's up there. Bob Papa talks to Plastical Burris about the Giants' NFC title win against the Packers in 2007. Great Al Harris stories in there. A little trash talk between the two. Plax really kind of gets into some details we hadn't heard before. Oh, yes. Good. No, it was. He fried him like an onion ring. Yes, he he he. I think he needed to pick a more Green Bay centric fried food. Fried him like a cheese curd. How about that? Okay, you like that? Fr- uh, fried him like a cheese curd. Perfectly fine with me. They have cheese curds in the cafeteria today, by the way. I know you this. That? He Very undressed tasty. him so so badly that he must have had frostbite all over his body. Yeah, fair. <laughs> you know, I thought. See, I I thought you would when he burned them so bad that he melted them. I thought maybe you would have went there, scorched them. That works too. That works too. Hey, I'll tell you something. You know what's funny about that game, John? I, I want to mention this one time before yeah, we get to the absolutely. calls. One thing about that game, we all talk about what, what Plex did uh, over over 10 catches. was just absolutely incredible that day. It was the best game I think he ever ever had, even though he had a fumble in the game. Amani Toomer made some very, very important catches in that game, and including about, one tiptoe. And by the way, you know, he gets he gets lost a lot of times when people talk about that about game. How about the way Eli threw a frozen ball for four quarters? Well, that's Eli. Nothing bothers him. He he was, he was he was always a good thrower in bad weather. He did that a lot. Yeah. And make sure, by the way, you go check out the episode with Sean O'Hara, which is the one before the Poppers perspective, too. It's a good insight from Sean. Go check that out on the Giants Little Podcast. And of course, on all of our podcasts. If you're oh. on Apple Podcasts, leave a five star positive review for us. And uh Zach Wilson's gonna start a quarterback for Sunday. So I guess I'm not. I'm. You know. I'm not even. No. Go don't there. go there. I'm not going. There. Don't go there. I was going to make a sarcastic. Comment. Get a load of this. Don't I go am, there. I have. <laughs> don't go there. What are you kidding me? Um. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. You guys have been holding a while. That conversation went longer than I thought. I apologize for that. So let's kind of run through these game uh, calls as quickly as we can today, and then I will get to your emails because I promised that the other day. Let's go to Tim and Charleston. He lead us off. Tim, what's going on, man? Hey guys, good talking to you, uh, and thank you for setting up everything I wanted to talk about today with your previous conversation. Great. 
So it's like it's <laughs> like I it's like I texted you my notes beforehand, and you said we're going to talk about this. So Tim has a great call. Uh, First, uh, I want to make Josh Dobbs starting for the Vikings this week. By the way, so I just him saw and that Zach one Wilson, too. both the starters this week. Go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. this league so, is such a mess. Yes. So I just one quick comment on the game, and then I want to talk about what you guys were just talking about. So I think the keys to this game are having our running game clicking, having Dexter Lawrence back. I think that's critical for our defense and obviously not turning the ball over. So that being said, I want to talk about what you guys were just talking about, which is the draft of free agency. Yeah. And this is the first time I've talked about the draft because I respect that we don't want to talk about it too far in advance. But I'm glad you guys brought it up. Well, Tim, too. I don't mind. I don't so, mind talking about the draft. I just think saying the Giants need to pick a player when we don't even know when they're picking is something that exactly, is just a useless exactly. conversation, right? Right, right. So, so here's my thing. My my first round idea is I would love to get Marvin Harrison, of course. Yes, so you and you every that, other John. fan in football. <laughs> right, but so the question, he's not the getting to eight, is, nine, or ten. Okay, uh, it's not going to happen. Right okay, now the Giants but, are at but six. we might, but we might be higher than that. We might be five or six, right? So my question to you, John, because you analyzed this draft, is because then I want to tell you my plan Sadly, B. Sadly, yes. Okay. Is mm-hmm. If if Marvin Harrison is gone, because yes. otherwise I think he's a he's a no brainer. And right? I would be shocked, Tim. Um, by the way, I would be shocked for all the fans out there if Marvin Harrison is not a top three pick in this draft. Mm-hmm. He's that good of a player. Probably. Me too. Me too. But it depends on how crazy people go over the quarterback. No, that's true too. Um, yep. um. So so if Marvin Harrison isn't there. My plan B is either is so the question for you is based on what you've seen in the draft so far, who is is the next best player, the second best wide receiver, who could be an outside and a number one wide receiver, you know, a bigger guy, or is it a pass rusher? Because here's where I go to Paul's side where we gotta get another pass rusher. So I'm gonna ask that question, but I'm gonna go on and let, and then take it all off the air. Okay. In the second in the second round we got two picks. So I feel like we can get a garden free agency because, like you said, John, you can get them not on the cheap, but without spending, without without breaking the bank. So I think we get one garden free agency. We take a guard in the second round, and with the combination of the guys we have now and a quality second round, because usually you can get a pretty good, pretty darn good guard in the second round. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we, at least we have some depth and some prospects. To, to to develop that second guard position, um, so and then the second, it, which it, not not necessarily in any particular order, but then I think we also need to take an offensive tackle, and I don't know how you said it's a good tackle draft. I don't know if it, it reaches into the second round. Sure, early second round. Sure. Into, yeah, because as Paul said, Aziz is not on the field enough, even with Dex and even with Thibodeau. We need another. Edge rusher. Wait, we wait. need someone else who could, we can put in the mix. You said and offensive then, tackle. Do you mean offensive tackle or edge rusher? You said offensive tackle. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right, because I said pass rusher in the first round. Right. That's plan B. Right. So, no, you're right. Off- I'm sorry. My bad. Offensive tackle, meaning because even if Neil develops at the end of the year, I feel like between as much as he's been hurt and as much as Thomas has been hurt, we need to have better depth there so that we can pick the two best guys and the other guy can be, be a solid swing tackle replacement in case of injury because otherwise we're, we're, we're crumbling anytime either one of these guys get hurt. I got you. So that's, you know, you're right, offensive tackle, offensive guard in the second round. And then in free agency, as I said, a solid guard. I think we got to pick up a cornerback. 
And if we get Marvin Harrison or if the second wide receiver is better than the best pass rusher, then we need to, to, to get a pass rusher. And that, that older guy Paul mentioned might be a good choice. But um, um, the other thing that we, you guys didn't mention when you were talking about how much cap space we have is do we sign Xavier McKinney? If we don't sign Xavier McKinney, We've got to add some quality at, at some quality depth at safety. No, that's a good too, point too. Because I fair. think we need coverage there. So, so I'll take your comments off the air. Thanks for the time. And, Thanks, Tim. Um, I, I was I, I didn't mind waiting. It was better than having to hit redial seventy to hundred times. <laughs> All right, good stuff, Tim. I appreciate the call, man. <laughs> um, okay, it's hard for me to say who's going to be available in round two. I mean, you know, remember you pick players, not positions. I can't tell you who's going to be available, so it's hard for me to comment on that part of it. Uh, I'll say this about the first round and the early part of this draft. Unlike the last two drafts, Paul, I think there are legitimately five or six true blue-chip players in this class looking at them. Like guys where if you're picking in the top five, you feel comfortable picking them. Where you're not like, eh, I like the player, but I'm not sure they're like a, you know, a guy I'd be willing. There are literally four players in this draft that if I'm, or five players, if I'm picking first overall in any draft, I'd be comfortable taking them. Mm-hmm. I'd be comfortable taking the two quarterbacks. I'd be comfortable taking... Uh, Olu Fashinu, the offensive tackle from Penn, Penn State. State. Yeah. Joe Alt, the offensive tackle from Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. And I'd be comfortable taking Marvin Harrison Jr., the wide receiver out of Ohio State. And I also think Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia, is a blue-chip player. You just don't pick mm-hmm. tight ends first overall. Mm-hmm. So I think blue-chipper, but again, position value, you kind of knock it down, right? Then you get to the next group. I have, a re- I have probably two receivers ahead of where I have my first pass rusher at this point. Uh, Dallas Turner, if you're going to watch the college football playoffs, and Alabama mm-hmm. Paul is two very good pass rushers, Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. Mm-hmm. They're other edge players, so watch those two guys. Those are two good guys to watch in the college football playoffs. And then um, Malik Neighbors, if you want to go back to the wide receiver LSU route, which the Giants have had good and bad experience yes. with. Yes, yes. Um, or you can go, again, college football playoffs, watch Washington, watch mm-hmm. Roma Dunzier. I've, He's a little bit of a bigger wide receiver. Washington, good I, I've seen Washington a couple times this year, as well as Bama. No, they've 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 they some good players at, at wide receiver in Washington. Oregon's got a got a receiver too. Oh, Troy Franklin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big, tall, and fast. Mm-hmm. He's a good. You player. knew I like him. No, he's Paul. He's <laughs> trust me. He's a first-round wide receiver. I'm not sure he's a top 15 wide receiver, but he is a good, good player. He's a very good player. And then Jalen McMillan, the second wide receiver on Washington too. He's probably more of a second or third-round guy. He's also a very good player. So I, I do think. This is going to be the last two drafts have been very heavy on defense. Yeah. I think this is going to be a much heavier offensive draft in the first round than we've had, which makes sense. You know, these things go in cycles. They're always cyclical. And the other thing is, too, I mean, right now, when you look at most of the teams that are having trouble in this league, they're having trouble on the offensive side of the ball. So it makes sense that they're huh. going to try to yeah. get those kinds teams of teams are always, and yeah, the defense has been historically better this year. Points are way down. So yeah. teams are going to be exactly. focusing on offense. William Broderick, quick question. I'll try to go back and forth on the emails here. Um, it, this, he wants a question about the wide receiver group. It seems like there was a desire to have a wide receiver group consisting mostly of slot-type receivers, and then they added Cole Beasley. I realize they drafted Hyatt, Slayton returns, but Hyatt is a rookie and Slayton is a good number two or three. Hodges was impressive, bigger stature. I realize the offense is not doing well, but it seems like that receiver thing's not part of the plan in terms of Hodgins. Is he even nagging injury? Is he not getting snaps? You know, how do you explain the wide receiver position? Well, when they got out of camp, they ended up keeping six wide receivers, and three of them were bigger guys, right? Slayton, Hyatt, Hodges. So three of your six were bigger guys, and then you had your Wando Robinson, who was still recovering from the injury. Mm-hmm. You had Sterling Shepard. Cole Beasley was put on the injured list early, and who is the other wide receiver that they kept? There's one more guy, and I can't remember. 
Paris Campbell, thank yeah. you. Paris. Paris. Yeah. So he's kind of a hybrid slot guy. So there were a lot of slot guys in camp, but when you look at who they actually kept and was healthy, it wasn't as heavy on slot guys as you initially thought well, taking a look at it. So that was the problem with Crowder. Yeah, he, he Joe got, Shane, he Joe got Shane out. said he, he got crowded out. He mm-hmm. was number seven. And the problem was that uh, you know they were really kind of hoping Gray would be the kick return guy. And when they kind of force-fed that issue and Joe Shane took that blame on himself, that got Crowder squeezed out of the receiver room. And, and you know, what are you going to do? That's, that's just the way it happened. I, I mean, I know earlier when we were talking, I don't know. Is, is Hyatt going to settle in as a two, or is there a chance he could still be a one for them? I, I don't want to put a ceiling on him. I let you do that to me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to put a ceiling on Jalen Hyatt. I'm going to say that Jalen Hyatt – has at this point shown enough to me that I'm excited about him, and I'm not going to put a ceiling on him and say he okay. can't be a one. That's I'm fair. not going to do that. That's fair. Another email quickly from Michael Erda, and I'm not going to get heated here, though the email does annoy me a little bit. Okay. I know you're employees of the Giants, and therefore you have to safeguard certain opinions and observations. Not sure. We take every call that comes in. Pearson, get on the mic. Have I ever told you not to take a certain topic or not take a call? Nope. Thank you. Yeah, I mean... But not having Charlie on for weeks is very unfair. He does love the Giants, but isn't afraid to criticize what we do. Listeners love his calls. He's downright funny. Even if he's a little crazy sometimes. You might not like it, but Charlie was right about the Daniel Jones contract. I assume you're not allowing his calls, so you would not have to admit that he was right, that it was a poor decision. You still run a great show, but please try to be more open-minded. Wow. I never told Charlie that. I love Charlie. I take his calls all the time. Michael, I don't screen calls out. Charlie, call him right now. Put him right on the air. I don't do that. Come on, guys. The, Out of all the years, he's been killing the team for six years. That was what I decided not to take. I was his just going to say, you if you think that we've got a censorship uh, button on Charlie, then how the hell's he gotten on about 5,000 times in the last six Come years? Come on, guys. You I mean, are you, you kidding me? You know me better than that. I don't turn callers now, away. Now, now. Come on. I think I think with total transparency, we will tell you that Lance would rather not get a call from Charlie. I'm not Lance. <laughs> no, I, I didn't say you were. Charlie, yeah, Lance will ignore Charlie just because that, that's Lance, though. He that's would not, he would rather he'll Charlie just leave not, him to the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he will, and he would end. rather he not call. Otherwise, it's fine. And and, and you know, I, I I will say I will say this. Okay, nobody uh, censors the program, and you know, are we? Are we, are we a little more careful in how we, we bridge our, our comments? Look, you will never hear us curse out a player, okay? You will never hear us scream that somebody should be fired or somebody should be cut. Oh, no, I'm very open about that. We, we do no. not, we cannot advocate for people. And frankly, we, we, I've never been actually told this, but it's just something I'm not comfortable well, doing. Well, it's not professional. It's not, and these people, we work with them, they're in the building. Correct. So I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I, now, I, I, well, I, I eat lunch with these guys. I'm not going to get on the air and tell no, somebody, somebody it, should it, lose their job. No, it doesn't I'm make can't. sense. It doesn't make sense. No. Okay? Now, but do we tell you where the difficulties are, where the problems are, where the deficiencies are? Do we offer potential solutions? Those are all conversations we're all good to have. We, we always acknowledge the facts. Now, what we will not do, and I will not do, I, I, want, I don't want to speak for John. He's sitting right here. He can speak for himself. What I will not do is get into over-emotional, hypothetical grenade throwing. Yeah, of course not. I will never 
do that. And look, this is the way I look at it, and this drives people nuts. My big theory is that it's never as bad as it looks, it's never as good as it looks. Oh, so when things go really well, people get mad, and I pour you know cold water on people sometimes. And then when things are really bad, I'm like, guys, well, maybe it's not as bad as you think it is. Now, sometimes it is. Like, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the Jake Fromm, Mike Glennon experience, that was pretty much as bad as it gets. Right. And, and, and no one was hiding from that. But look, we said that whole time, and I know I said a million times, that was like watching games at Yale Bowl. How much more honest do you want me to be? Yale Bowl was as dark as it got. And you don't think that that was being honest? Right. Come on. It is what it is. And then he has a follow-up complaining that, um, you know, Carl Banks says that, you know, you should make sure you get it downfield to Hyatt. And he, Michael Erdo wants to open it up more and throw it more down the field rather than throwing a bunch of short passes. Well, again, it all depends on the defense that you're being shown, Michael. You can't – you want to back um, – What's um, Penn State coach's first name? Last name Franklin. Franklin. Yeah, I know. What's his first name? James, is it? James Franklin. Thank you. He had a. He was actually on a conference call. This guy put it on social media a couple weeks ago where a caller said, you know, you talk about trying to get the ball downfield. Don't you just want, why don't you just take a couple shots? So he goes, what does that mean? <laughs> and the reporter goes, you know, just make sure you throw it deep. He goes, can't coach that way. No, you, you can't, can't just say we have to throw it deep no matter no, that, what. That's street ball yes. is what it is. And that's Michael, not football. And, Michael, I can tell you there were mel- multiple plays earlier in the year where Hyatt's running down the field open or he has one-on-one coverage and he's running double moves. Remember, two of those plays that he caught deep the other week were on double moves. Yeah. You, you know what you need time to complete double moves? Time. Bingo. It's not like that guy just runs straight and you throw it to him. One was a crossing route where he starts on one side of the field and runs all the way to the other side of the field. Guess what? If you don't protect on that particular shot play, you can't take that shot. So it's it's a lot more nuanced than just, oh, make sure you throw it deep and you'll be fine. It doesn't work that way. Nothing is worse for a coach, an offensive lineman, a quarterback, a receiver. Nothing is worse than when they look at the end zone, uh, end zone shot on Monday when they're doing their corrections. And they look and they see, Oh, my God, look, he was open 45 yards downfield. That was a touchdown. But we lost the shot because a pass yeah, rusher right. came free mm-hmm. yeah. and our quarterback got plastered. Yeah. That's the worst feeling that they could possibly have in the film room. And it happens a lot. Uh, the Early this year, it happened a lot with the Giants. That's for sure. Let's go to Coach. And by the way, last year against the Eagles, they caught James Bradbury in a couple of double moves in those yeah. games. But guess what? Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Son Reddick were they deni- ruined it. annihilating Daniel Jones at they the time. They ruined it. Let's go to Coach Marvin in Delaware. Coach Marvin, what's going on? Hey, John, Paul, how you doing? Hi, Coach. Hey, uh, yeah, those are horrible feelings when a play, you see it develop in front of you and your guy's on his back. And That's it's it. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> That's the worst. It's like, it, 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 and it happens. Uh, probably not every game, but somewhere in the season it happens a couple of times you see a play, but hopefully you'll get a chance to run it again and um, they'll they'll do what they're supposed to do. They'll block it up good enough to get the pass off. Um, Real quick, that email, I didn't like that email um, that was sent to you, John, the one you read. Um, it, it, It just makes me feel that I work for the Department of Justice and retired from it. And I hear people talk about what they think is going on in the government. And they have no idea. And they have no idea. My question to them, (laughs) are you in the room? Have you been in the room? Especially when he said, y'all are blocking his call. That tells me he's in the room with you. 
and he knows this is happening. Coach Marvin, welcome to the world of social media where yeah. people assume hey. they know what's going on and they don't have a gosh yeah. darn clue. Oh, God. Twitter, well, that's, T for that's toxin. The, that's, the, that's what that is. Well, well I need to make yeah. an X word instead. Okay. <laughs> we'll come up with uh, we'll come up with something. There's got to be a poison I, that starts with X. There's got to be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, one caller said uh, y'all are talking exactly what he was thinking. I have to double that. I thought of this last week when they were off. The conversation you guys was having about um, what they need to do to build the team. Like you said, you don't know who's in the draft where they're picking. Um, I mean, they win two more games. Shoot, they can be out of the top ten the way the teams are playing this year. The other thing, Coach Marvin, I I don't want to interrupt you, but I think it's important. Last year, none of us saw the Darren Waller trade happen. And all of a sudden, they wind up trading a draft pick and they bring in Darren Waller, a uh, uh, 1,000-yard veteran tight end. That's the other part that we didn't even begin to address, John. No. Maybe, maybe there's a trade out there, yeah, that's, or maybe, that's a good point. or maybe that's a good point. there's a player out there who they believe is actually going to become available. We don't know that, yeah, that's and a good that's, point. that's a no. third avenue that we never even discussed. That's a good point. And that's and that's a great point. Only problem we don't know, and so it's hard to analyze that into right. our thinking. But it's a great point, and. Uh, and, and these guys have been um, managing that way. They made moves we didn't even see coming. And so they made drafts that uh, we pretty much didn't see coming, uh, moving moving around in the draft. Um, but my thinking was, um, I, this is just my thinking. I, I, you know, I'm not in the room. But, but I think they do may have to address a quarterback. Which one? I don't know. Take a look at them. If you don't like them, don't draft them. But if you do like them, you may have to take one of them. Um, I would like to see a receiver because if we're in the top six picks where we're sitting somewhere in there right now, if we stay in that range, I think we have pretty good capital with the three picks we have, the one, the uh, first round and the two in the second round. And I like that value of those three picks. Yeah. So I would like to see um, – them draft a, a interior lineman, a guard. Mm-hmm. I would, or I would like to see the free agent, the money spent on a guard, probably. So I would have a a, a pretty good uh, high draft pick of a guard, and bringing a good veteran guard to play next to Neil. Um, the other one I would like to see is uh, if they could do it is a receiver. I would think I would draft the receiver rather than getting them from free agent. Reason is because I don't know who's going to let go a big one on any team. And I think T. Higgins is a, going to be a free agent. He is? But T. Higgins is a – yeah, I think he is. Mm-hmm. He's going to want the keys to Fort Knox. <laughs> I think they're going to keep him, but he's on his final year. And I, he still is a two to Cincinnati. I don't know if he's a one or not. Um, so that's what I'll be afraid of, getting a receiver. I don't know what we'll be getting from him, um, depending on who the person is. And and those would be my first three picks as my offense. I would go with the offense. And then the best availables, you can be defense or whatever after that. And because you both make great points. Um, I, they do need a, a pass rusher, but I don't know who that could be. Who's free? 
to come to be the pass rusher. You know, Coach Marvin, um, I'm, 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 you know, Paul DeTino always tells me how you're like one of his favorite calls and everything. How do you feel, Paul, about Coach Marvin being on Team Schmelk in this conversation? Well, I think he's on both our teams. <laughs> oh, he's all about the <laughs> offense, DeTino. Come on. <laughs> well, because you guys, y'all think the way in a way that I envision the game, and and I think you guys give great information. Thank you. I've, I've listened to football or NFL radio. I listen to all those guys, uh, Pat Kerwin, which is an excellent one. Oh, he's you the best. Guys are, you guys, are, but I, you don't even have to say it. I'm going to say it for you guys. All of you guys are in that range. Thank you, Coach. You're very, you're very kind, guys, Coach Marvin. You're Thank fair, you. You're fair at what you're talking about. You try to give good information that what you are allowed to give, and the fans need to appreciate that. And not only that, you take everything that everybody, everybody's anger at what they see on TV, and you respect, you respect them for their opinion. You may not agree, and that's fine, but you do respect what they say when they're upset the way they're playing, because I know for a fact you guys are upset. When these guys are losing, y'all take it hard, too. Coach, like I have to do a two-hour postgame after these games. Yeah. My gosh, you think, I, well, you think I don't want this team to win? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. I'm on the field after not- the game. I'm in the locker room yeah. after the game. Trust me, there is a big difference <laughs> between a winning and losing locker room. It affects Paul's yes, sleep it schedule. <laughs> yes, it does. That is true. Oh, yeah, man. so so you guys do an excellent job. You, you don't, y'all don't even have to say it. I'll say it for you, and I'm hoping everybody's listening. You have to give these guys the credit they're due, and they are not doing the things you think they're doing. That email upset at me a little bit. I'm not going to say it's going to kill me, but I just feel that a person is walking around in this country thinking like that. That's oh, they okay, don't want to take this person's call. Thank you, Coach. So, we appreciate guys, it. Y'all have a good uh, day, and I'll talk to you next week. Bro. Be well. Checks in the mail, Coach. We appreciate that. <laughs> um, so oh, I know boy. we've only taken a couple calls today, folks. I know we had a good conversation, and we had a couple long calls. Uh, let's take one more, and then we'll do. A, I'll go a little late today, Pearson, if that's okay, and I'll do a couple emails if 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 if, if that doesn't kill your schedule. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Jeff in Maine will wrap us up today. Jeff, what's going on? Hey, afternoon, gentlemen. Hi, uh, enjoying the show. I actually agree with everything you guys said and uh, the callers, and uh, but I'd actually like to talk about offensive philosophy. Sure. Um, okay, so Saquon Barkley is playing great. I don't think he has anything to prove to anybody else, and I agree with Shane. It's got to be a priority to uh, sign him for next year. And to, and to that end, I'd like to talk about how we can improve run blocking. And I think the number one biggest problem with the Giants' offense is getting a push out of the guards to give Saquon some room rather than him running into a wall. And um, so to that end, I, I respect what Shane said about, you know, giving uh, Neil another shot at uh, uh, tackle uh, for the rest of the year if he comes back. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but if he doesn't really excel in tackle, I, I think I would like to put him uh, as a guard next year because I think he's possibly our biggest, strongest offensive lineman, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe he could, if he's not going to be another Andrew Thomas, maybe he could be a, another Zach Martin or something. And, uh, but, you know, I also agree, you know, with the draft, I think it is a little too early to draft, but we could draft a guard and, uh, you know, a tackle I'd like also. Um, but also I was wondering if, if Marcus McKeithen might have some potential. I hear he's a pretty big guy. Uh, maybe I'd like to see possibly play him a little more to try to get some push in that interior. 
And uh, and then one last thing, um, I'd like to see more of that jumbo package like we ran last year, you know, with seven or eight offensive linemen. I don't think we've done that yet this year. But I, I think it could help win games. Um, You're singing you know, my song. We, Keep going. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Okay, if you uh, if you can you know uh, establish a run, you can a win more games, um, you know for one thing. But that can set up you know your passes better, and uh, you know I, I also I think if you make Saquon happier, uh, make it more fun for him, he might be more inclined to uh, sign a long term deal next year. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. Um, Evan Neal's run blocking has been better than his pass protection. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, mm-hmm. um, I do think you need more push inside more consistently. I agree with that. I think that's fair to be totally honest with you. Um, as for McKeithen, I would put him into the Trey Hawkins category. I know the coaches love him; they think he's a really good player. But I they have do. not seen enough on the field yet to say I'm willing to plug him in as a starter next year and 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 go to war with it. Small body of evidence. I will. Get, I, I'm happy to give both guys a chance to compete for a role and a starting job, but I'm not handing it to him. No, you can't. You can't. It's it, they're still in a situation where they've got a lot more to prove, and and to be honest, you know some of your dominant forces in this league have bigger, more physical, more powerfully oriented guards. The Giants right now do not have power oriented guards. Okay, I mean Pew's two hundred seventy, <laughs> two hundred eighty pounds. Yeah, I mean that's just not what they have. Or two ninety. Now I'm sorry, the hope was. Okay, the hope was that when McKeithen was drafted, he wasn't going to get hurt right. and miss a year and a half. And same with the Zudu's injury, Same with right? the Zudu. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys are bigger, more boxier, wider, bulkier, you know, heftier guards that would fit the kind of power mold that this guy's talking about. Both of those guys. Now, here's the problem. Because of their inexperience and their injury history, can you count on them? John says no. And I understand why. The question then becomes, how much faith do you want to put in those two guys? Because when this organization took them, they were of the opinion that there was big ups for both. And we just don't know yet. Like how big of a st- how good of a stopgap do you need there? If it doesn't work. You know what I mean? I think that's the question. That's that and that's the problem. And that comes down to a resource question, which uh, is how we started bingo. the whole talk today. Bingo. And you know, when which is st- why team building in the NFL is not very easy. <laughs> yes, Just see, saying. that's the crux of everything, right? And and I I would also add one other item here. John Michael Schmitz, who has played very well and may wind up being the NFL's All Rookie Team center this year, he very well could be. All right, I haven't studied. Well, there I, haven't really been any many other rookie centers that. No, have played, I think there's so. only probably two or three others that have even yeah, played. Titman's been hurt. Juice Scruggs has been out. Right. So I don't even know if there's been more or two or three others that have played, but he has played well by all accounts. He is also not your biggest boxcarry type, no, in fact, power he, kind of center. He actually gets pushed back more in the run game than I would like. He is more of your technique, smart, yep, on the skillful, yep. you know, athletic. He's more of your Bart Oates, Sean O'Hara kind of center than he is your bulky bruiser. You know, that's that's the way he is too. So with him being that way and the guards you're playing right now also being on the smaller side, is it any wonder why the interior of the Giants line has not been more productive in physically pushing the pile? Dwayne Brooks email, despite the rough, painful season, hoping we keep Dave's and Shane too much blame has been put on them. Um, 
also talks about fans that have called up about, you know, being better to lose some games. I'm always going to be rooting for us to win, at least on game days. I can't root against us, simply can't. However, I'm well aware that it may be in our best interest. Do you think the Jets regret winning that one meaningless game and getting Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, they probably do, to Dwayne's point. Um, then his question to me, specifically, but of course, Paul, you can chi chime in on this too, is what we think, given Daniel Jones' injury, of this quarterback class and quarterback group. Um, I would just say very simply, the two guys at the top are as good of a pair of players at the top of a quarterback class than we've had in a while. You want to go back to the, you know, the Josh Allen year mm -hmm. with um, that was also Joe Burrow that year, correct? Those are the same year. No, the Josh, the Josh, the Josh Allen year. That was, was Baker, was Darnold, Dar Lamar Jackson, and, right? Okay, yeah, and Rosen. Yeah, so I would say and, those uh, those two guys are probably better than the two guys on top of that class. It, it's a very good pair on top, and you're gonna have a bunch of day two guys. Michael Penix, I think, will be a day two player out of Washington. I think Bo Nix out of Oregon, two mm -hmm. guys you talked about earlier, they'll mm -hmm. be day two picks. Jaden Daniels, I think, is gonna be around one pick. He's played a lot of football. He's very productive. Um, and then you got to see what guys like Quinn Yours is he gonna come out? JJ uh, McCarthy out of Michigan, who's in the college football playoffs, is another guy that some people think could be a first round quarterback. He's not for me, but some people do think he could be. Um, I think he's more of a day two player. Um, and that's kind of how I think you look at it when you take a look at the quarterback. I position. would only make one comment about the quarterbacks, and I will be very consistent about this, no matter how much study I wind up doing on them or what I learn at the Combine. My philosophy regarding the quarterback for the Giants right now is as follows. When the Giants are on the board in the first round, if they do not see a quarterback that they absolutely love they should pass within a half a second. Absolutely within a half a second. Say that again. When the Giants are on the board in the first round for a quarterback, unless there is somebody that they absolutely love, they are required to pass yes. on him. Well, I think that's the, for me, that's my rule for a quarterback, period. Unless Has to be. You believe, Has to be. Unless there is unanimous belief in the player across the organization the where whole you're going to be all has in, be in and love develop him. It, it's very hard if you have a split room. Go talk to the Carolina Panthers if that a quarterback is going to succeed. Well, look, under at, your look, watch. At, look at Baker. Yeah, when Baker true. Mayfield was taken. I mean, just if, go through it. If the room is not unanimous, they got to be absolute. We love. We all love this guy. Okay. If that is not the case, they would be doing an injustice to this organization and to the player that you're picking. And to the player, yeah. sure, and and all the players in the locker room. Yeah. By force feeding and taking a quarterback. So, for example, if quarterback X is the only guy that they love in the top ten picks, and he's not there, and he's not there, you him. can't take a quarterback. Now, if I will repeat that ad infinitum, if you get to date until April, you don't need as much of a buy-in for a day two quarterback. Correct. And then you try to develop him and see what you got. The requirements or the circumstances change yes. later on in the 100%, draft. 100%. But as far as that first rounder, I am sick of every single person out there who screams the Giants have to take a quarterback in the first round. You're yeah. a fool if you, you really believe that. You don't have to do anything. That's exactly right. You don't have to and do anything. And the minute you think you have to do something is when you make a mistake. Bingo. Now Bingo. We're, we're on the same page there. And, again, I'm not ruling out picking a quarterback. Joe Shane didn't. I think there were good arguments to make for doing it, but you have to have belief in the player. If the circumstances is, are, are correct and they all line up, then go ahead and do it because now you're doing an injustice if you don't make the pick. Correct. Right. 
and you're passing on a okay? player that could. But the circumstances right. have to line up exactly right. right. The tumblers on the ignition have to be exactly right where they got to be. All right. Last email question again. Send in your questions to bigbluekickoff at gmail.com. Bigbluekickoff at gmail.com. Not Big Blue Kickoff Live. <clears throat> Big Blue Kickoff at gmail.com. <clears throat> Just a funny fact before my question. Where does from, another email from go? Nick. Do you know? No idea. Okay. <laughs> My guess is that it doesn't exist. If someone does have a big blue kickoff live at gmail.com email, God bless you. Um, yeah, because now you can take all the heat and the hand grenades. <laughs> did you ever notice that John is usually lost to what day it is whenever he's on with Paul? That's true. I usually am because Wednesday's the middle of the week and I often get confused. And that's fine. I have two kids at home. I have multiple things going on at work and I lose track of days. And besides, is, the giant okay. schedule has been very funky this year. Kind of yes. like a Rubik's Cube. A lot of night games and Monday games mm-hmm. and Thursday games and all that jazz. You know we're playing Christmas. I'm aware. Okay. Just luckily, check it. Luckily, I will not have to be in Philly. That is a Monday, game, by the I'm way. excited about yeah. that. Yeah, so mo- yeah, how many Monday at 425 games <laughs> are you going to have, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Anyway, back to Nick's question. My question. A caller yesterday touched on this with Howard and Madeline, but I wanted you guys' take on it. Have you heard anything about Gano's health post-surgery? Um, what do you think the chances are the Giants keep a young guy like York on the practice squad in case Gano is not Mr. Reliable like he was before this when he comes back? Um, and then we'll get to his second part of his question. Uh, Gano's talked to people in the locker room. Everything went well as far as I understand. I yeah. think he thinks he's going to be back at 100%. But yep. you usually carry two field goal kickers in the offseason. Yeah. So would it surprise me if Cade York is here as, as a guy that to see what he can do? That wouldn't surprise me at all. Not at all. I totally concur with everything you just said. And it was Gano yesterday who was in the locker room and did did mention to the, the three media folks that were there that as far as he's concerned, all systems are go and we're just going to have to wait it out. All right, here we go. Last one. Um, for offense, um, extension on cap this coming offseason – uh, more important to me, aside from re-signing Barkley, he thinks it's really important to bring back Pew if he's not retiring because we've seen what the O-line is without him. And Casilla says that you need a guy that's fiery and will uh, get in the opponent's face on defense. Uh, so he wants to bring back Pew. I don't. I asked Pew when I did my radio interview and what his plans are after the year, and he's like, I'm not even thinking about that right now. So I don't think he's there yet. Um, I think having Pew as a veteran guy to help bring the offensive line together as a glue chemistry guy is fine. Um I have no problem with that. I'd have no problem bringing him back either to see if he wants to compete for a spot on the 53. However, yeah, if then, his couch is more comfortable, he might want to stay remember, there. And he can play guard and tackle, which is always very valuable. That's for why I, I'd have no line. problem bringing mm-hmm. him back. If, if he really wanted to do it, let him compete. And if he deserves a spot, let him have it. And then this is for you, Pearson. Nick points out, this is the last line. I'm, leading it, I'm reading it, quote, here Uh-oh. for you. Oh, and please tell your number one producer, Pearson Butler, to keep up. The good work and all the content coming out. Great work, as usual. Take that, Maz. So, when, wow. so Pearson, when did you create the Nick, the uh, this alter ego to send an email into the show? Yeah, a few weeks ago. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. I was also the guy talking about Charlie, though. Okay. <laughs> so, I, so I was in the room. Oh, wow. How about that? That's a good line. I was about three out of five of those emails. That was pretty good. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. Very thank, creative. Thanks for being with us, everybody. For Pearson Butler, for Paul Dottino, I'm John Schmoke. Went all along today. Wanted to get to some of your emails and then get them in. BigBlueKickoff at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with more. Uh, it is uh, Casillas and myself will be tomorrow on Big Blue Kickoff Live. That's right. Tomorrow's Thursday. Yes, it is. Right? But it's a day off, but we have a regular show. Right. See, Nick, now I'm getting confused on what day it is again. I know. But we'll see you then. Adios. Bye. 
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.